Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Hey guys, welcome back to my series on the greater works of the Holy Spirit. You have officially made it all the way through the majority of the episodes, and we are on episode eight, where I'm going to be talking to you about when I met supernatural love. Now, let me review. We kind of started all the way at the beginning of the series, kind of talking about my journey of really discovering the second encounter of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and really coming into the supernatural signs, miracles, and wonders, and that unction that I needed in order to be able to step into ministry on a supernatural level and shift not just in my own life from managing demons, but to really being able to live under the power to utterly destroy and shatter demons in my own lives and in the lives of those around me. Really just taking a look at the scriptures, going back to what does the word say, allowing the word to become our authority, to be our authority, receiving revelation by the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to disciple us into truth and reveal to us what is the deal with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I talked about how I spoke in tongues, how I received the gift of healing. We've talked about all kind of the crazy things about the Holy Spirit, but today I want us to kind of go back and really recognize what releases the anointing of the Holy Spirit out of our lives is character. It is love. It is really being saturated by the nature and the person of God. Now, we know that the very heart of the nature of God is love. But here's what I want you to hear me saying is it's not just a love like you and I have always known. It's a supernatural love. Sometimes I tell people the one thing that will keep you from experiencing or gaining new knowledge is your existing knowledge. The fact that you think you already know or the fact that you think that you already have all the information that there is in a particular thing. And so, but, but the reality is we don't know what we don't know. And so there is a supernatural love that has been poured out upon us through the Holy Spirit into us and upon us that is very different from a worldly love. And so for me, when I met this supernatural love, this is what sealed the deal for me uh, when it came to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I had a hard time, uh, and I'm just being honest with you guys, I had a hard time when I started coming into all the signs, the miracles, the wonders of like healing and deliverance and speaking in tongues and people falling out and all of these things. I had a really hard time really connecting the relevance of this type of display to what I was uh, saturated it with in a, in a daily, uh, in on a daily basis. So I'm not just talking about when I was behind closed doors and I was, you know, ministering to residents or ministering to clients, but in dealing in the community and sitting on boards and um, in working in government, working within business, the business industry, how is all this supernatural works of God, how is the baptism of the Holy Spirit relevant in those places? And that's when the Lord really began to speak the universal language of love. The reality is that is the universal language. Everybody is designed to love and to be loved. And we're all looking for an unconditional love. Love, that is a part of our design. We are designed to be loved unconditionally by God. 
Therefore, we are also designed to be an extension of unconditional love. And this is an unconditional love that is supernatural. Our system is so conditional in the way it teaches us and trains us on how to love. And I'm going to read to you word for word what we often call the love chapter and how it says the greatest of all of these things, all of these gifts is love. And it goes into the characteristics of love. But what I want to share with you um, is also my own experience. When I started getting introduced to speaking in tongues, the gift of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, all of these things that I was hungry for, what we call the power gifts, the most powerful evidence that really convinced me is that the people that God had brought into my life, they had an uncanny love for people, for others, people who are unkind to them, people who are not nice. And they just had this genuine love, even behind closed doors, where they had the freedom to be real, to be salty, to be catty, to be unkind. They still had this genuine love for people. And that was very different from the way I was raised. More specifically, it was very different from the church I had been in, where a lot of times the women were kind of catty, or when they had a chance, they would talk about people and all of these things. And, and I didn't see... Um, anything more than what I saw in the world. In fact, a lot of times I was seeing more tolerance, more love, more acceptance in the world. And let's be honest, that's what's attractive to a lot of people in our culture. When we talk about like um, homosexuality or addiction or what we would label as sin. and But they're attracted to these universalistic environments that are all embracing where there is an unconditional love despite your lifestyle, despite what you decide, despite your opinion, whether you're Republican or you're Democrat, you're just accepted in those places. And that is a desire that we have. I'm not talking about accepting sin or having tolerance. I'm talking about loving the person despite what their lifestyle, what their choices, what their actions, whatever it is, whatever it is, God says the greatest evidence of his person and his presence, the greatest weapon that we have is love. And our love should be unconditional, meaning it doesn't matter what my life looks like, what somebody else looks, looks like. I have decided I will love you. Did you know that the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his most powerful act of love through the shed, the blood shed on the cross through his son, Jesus Christ. His greatest act, his most powerful act was demonstrated, compelled by love in the midst of our sins. So that to me is the greatest evidence of something supernatural in our lives is that I have an uncanny kind of love for people around me. I have an uncanny kind of love for myself. I've not just fallen in love with people around me, but I have a love for my own design. I have a love for my own gifts. I'm coming into the character and the attribute of a godly love. Hear me when I say this. This love is different than the world's kind of love. We're all really good at acting like love. We know what love looks like. 
I'm not talking about imitating love. I'm talking about having a wrenching in your guts because there's so much compassion that you have for people around you that you are compelled to do something about it. This is how Jesus ministered. The Bible says that he looked out into the crowd and he saw the, 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 the crowd and that they were harassed, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And it said he had compassion on them. That word compassion in the Greek literally means there was a wrenching, a hurting, an aching in his gut because he was broken for these people. And we're talking about people who were broken because of sin. I don't know what the, the sin was in their life, but they're broken. We're not just talking about people who were had hurts or wounds. We're talking about people who were broken in the midst of sin. And there was a compassion, a wrenching of the guts, a hurting on the inside that welled up inside of Jesus that therefore then compelled supernatural works that were ministered through the Holy Spirit but were compelled by the love of God. I'm going to say that again. All of the signs and miracles and wonders that Jesus performed were out of the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but they were compelled by the love of God. If you read the Gospels, it'll say, and Jesus looking up into the heavens and Jesus compelled by compassion and with compassion, Jesus. And so you see that his motive in everything that he did was love, was love. Listen, the Bible goes on. It says in first Corinthians 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith and I could, that I could remove mountains, but I have not not love that I am nothing. I would be remiss if I spent this entire, uh, this entire series talking to you about the power gifts and the importance of speaking in tongues and having the Holy Spirit, but I did not absolutely emphasize the importance that all of these things are ministered out of, compelled by, and through love. Yes. The unction for it to manifest through us is the Holy Spirit, but it should come flowing up out of who we are, our character, because we have captured and been captured by the heart of God. Listen, we've captured the heart of God and we've been captured by the heart of God. I love the verse that says we love because he first loved us. It says that in 1 John chapter 4, and, and I love the idea that my love comes out of being loved first for, by God. When I come to recognize into an agreement, uh, I'm reconciled with the love, this supernatural love that God has for me. That no matter how ugly I am in a moment, come on, no matter how much I'm sinning in a moment, no matter how crappy my attitude is in a moment, in those moments, knowing and being confident, feeling the anointing of his love saturating my very being is what begins to shift the way I view myself, begins to transform me on the inside and up comes out of me an overflow of a supernatural love that compels and releases healing. It releases deliverance. 
it releases the prophetic. Listen, when I'm ministering to somebody prophetically, when I'm ministering healing to them, when I'm ministering deliverance, my heart becomes connected with God's heart for them. That's how I hear the mysteries. I hear God speaking to me about them and how passionate he loves them. It is not unusual when I'm ministering to somebody that I get gripped with this wrenching in my stomach and I will begin to weep because I sense and I'm feeling how passionate God is for that person. If I'm speaking in a tongue, if I'm ministering prophecy, if I'm ministering healing, and it's not compelled by love, if it's not out of that love, first of all, it's probably not going to work. Let me just say that. But second of all, the Bible says it counts for nothing. People ask me, how do you teach me to do what you do? I've tried to tell you this entire series. This is not a matter of mechanics. This is a matter of being saturated in your own quiet time with the person of God, becoming one with the character of God, becoming one with the nature of God, being saturated by the love of God, and up out of the glory, the anointing begins to flow. I'm telling you, this is going to be the next series I'm doing. A lot of times we try to pull the glory in by stirring up the anointing, but scripture actually talks about how the anointing flows out of the person and the character of God. And sometimes I think we get it backwards. We try to grasp or accumulate or set, uh, release the glory of the Lord by stirring up the anointing. But as we saturate, it's who you are behind closed doors, you guys. It's who you are in your quiet times. It's who you are when nobody else is looking. The character, the integrity of who you are when it's just you and the Lord, the more you are saturated in that, the genuine, genuineness and the integrity and the character and the love of God, that the anointing, the movement of the Holy Ghost will begin to just flow out of your life. It will just begin to become the natural outcome, the natural overflow of what's going on on the inside. Let me finish reading 1 Corinthians to you. It says, and though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Listen, I told you that I was trying to find out, like, what is the relevance of all this baptism of the Holy Spirit when I'm ministering to homeless people, when I'm sitting on a board in the chamber, when I'm talking to somebody in government, when I'm talking to politicians, when I'm trying to get a sponsorship from businesses. What makes me relevant? What makes the baptism of the Holy Spirit relevant? And we're learning from this that I can do all these things, but if I don't do it, not just out of love, but out of a godly, supernatural love, if I'm not compelled by a godly, supernatural love, then it will profit nothing. It goes on and it describes what does this supernatural like love look like? Let's be honest for a moment as I read these attributes and be willing to say, God, there's some areas in my life that my love is falling short that I'm not receiving a love like that. I'm not believing that I am loved like that. And therefore I am unable to love, be an extension of that love. Look, you will extend a supernatural love to the same degree that you are in agreement, that you are loved supernaturally. It goes on, it says this, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Listen, 
Your love doesn't have to prove yourself. If you're confident in God's love for you, you don't have to tweet about all your really good things that you're doing. I'm just going to be honest with you. Be confident. You don't have to boast. You don't have to behave rudely. God will absolutely defend you. Let his love speak for you. Let his love on you and coming out of you be your greatest weapon. Your mouth is not your greatest weapon. The kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk. It is a matter of power. And we're not just talking about the power of healing, prophecy. We're talking about the power of love. The power of love. It goes on and it says, love does not seek its own. It's not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Listen, (laughs) y'all, I could preach on this all day long. We love to catch people. I knew it. I knew it. I I told you she was like that. That's not love. Love doesn't rejoice in somebody else's iniquity. Love doesn't point out somebody's fault. We don't serve a God that's going like this. I knew it. I knew she was going to sin. I knew she would have a bad attitude. I knew it. We have a God that is like, look, I'm going to love you without boasting, without pointing out your sins, without keeping a record of your wrongs. I'm going to love you unconditionally. It doesn't matter how ugly you are in a moment. Ugly, according to the world. I don't see you're ugly. Because when I look at you, I see the design of God in you. I see the perfection of your creation. I see the blood of the lamb on you. I see beauty in you. You are the apple of my eye. That's what God sees when he sees you. And if that's who God is and we are created in his image, that is who you are. That is your potential to look at others and you don't see their iniquity. You don't keep their record wrong. You bear all things with them. You have a love that is patient. You have a love that is kind. You have a love that doesn't behave rudely. This is your love ability in Christ. This is the supernatural love that is only possible through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is only possible through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is the most relevant and most powerful part of the reception of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Y'all, people were drawn to Jesus because of his attribute of love. What was it about him that they would look and they were allured to him? And then he would would perform signs and miracles and wonders. But they were drawn to the attribute of love. The way he looked at people. The way he had compassion upon people. The way he responded to people. The kindness that was upon him. It was his character that drew people to him. It was not signs and miracles and wonders. The signs and the miracles and wonders came after It was his attribute and his character that allured people to him. I'm going to get through this passage. It goes on and says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Are you hopeful? Are you expecting that people are going to change? Are you like, no, they're never going to change. They've always been, oh, Johnny, you know what? He's always been like that. He's always going to be like that. He's never going to change. That's not what hope does. Hope believes the best in people. Hope expects that God is not done with that person yet. That God has not written his final sentence. That God is still at work in their life. That God is ever alluring them. That God is ever drawing them. That his voice has not stopped speaking to them. And if you are created in the image of God, that is who we get to be. This is what a supernatural love looks like. People ask me all the time, do you think the greatest evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues? I think the greatest evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a supernatural, uncanny, godly 
love for people. That's not normal. It's ridiculously sappy and celebratory of the humankind of our creations of people. It goes on and it says, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, he's saying, look, these are not the gifts that you're going to take to heaven with you. Prophecy, healing, deliverance, tongues, all of those things are for your ministry here on earth. Just like they were for Jesus's ministry here on earth. But when you get to heaven, upon glorification, those things will go away. And there is only one thing you will take with you. And that is the person of God, the nature of God. Your love will never vanish. Your character and your attribute should be the thing that you focus on in your quiet time. You should not be focused on speaking in tongues more than you are focused on learning to be loved and to love people. I'm just being honest with you guys. It goes on and it says these things will vanish away. Some versions say love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when uh, that which is perfect has come, meaning love, uh, then that which is in part will be done away with. And it goes on, it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see dimly, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, uh, but then face to face, I, I want to preach on this. I'm trying to stay focused here on just love. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So he's talking about the completion. I see prophecy in part, but when I come into the fullness Upon glorification, when I come into the fullness of my love ability, I will, the prophetic will come to life. I will have an understanding of all these things. Love is the completion of all of these things. It is what perfects all the gifts. It, it is a supernatural love. A godly love is what perfects our ability to prophesy. It perfects our ability to minister healing, to minister deliverance. I have, I have to tell you that our residents who live in our housing program, when we say to them, uh, I've had several residents that are like, you want to know what changed me the most? What was most helpful to me? What impacted me the most? It wasn't when they helped pay for my college. It wasn't help when they sat in the counseling room and gave me really practical tips on how to have a conversation with my kids. What impacted me the most was watching the way they loved one another and the way they loved us. And we literally have had residents start weeping and saying, I've never experienced a love like that. It's, it's weird. It's supernatural. We think speaking in tongues is weird. We think falling out slain is weird. And it is weird because it's supernatural. But I'm looking for a weird love. I'm looking for a love that's weird to the world. We're like, it's weird the way they love people. It's supernatural is what it is. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that weird, that weird love that this world can't kind of tips their head at and wonders what's going on. That's what sets us apart from the world is this 
kind of a love, a weird love. I don't know, maybe I should have named this episode. I'm looking for a weird love. I'm looking for a love that's not of this world. I'm looking for a whole nother level of love. I'm looking for a supernatural love. I'm designed to be loved supernaturally and I'm designed to be a carrier to exemplify this supernatural love. I need you to get this because you can get every single other episode and start flowing well, you probably won't start flowing to your fullest potential until you are perfected by his love. I absolutely know that on a daily basis, God is still perfecting me by his love. There are things he is healing me. There are things he is, he is reconciling in me by his love. But we must know, we must know that the key to the anointing, to the releasing of the supernatural, uh, of the supernatural gifts of the spirit, our character and love, the things you don't see, the things that happen behind closed doors. Listen, receiving his love, allow his character to refine you. We started this entire series talking about how it is for this purpose that the Son of Man was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And there is nothing that will destroy the work of the devil in your own life. There's nothing that will heal your rejection that will destroy your anger, that will release grace into your unforgiveness faster than the love of God. I want you to recognize that you have a lovability that is greater than what you're currently sitting in. I have a lovability that is greater than what I'm currently sitting in. And I'm pressing on towards that by receiving, relaxing, receiving, allowing God to love me so that his love can flow up out of me, so that his love will compel me to move in ways that I never thought I would be able to move in a supernatural movement, in a supernatural movement. Now, the next three episodes, I'm going to be uh, basically putting videos of uh, an example of when I ministered the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, to youth. I, I know I've been talking about it. That's going to be your next three episodes. I'm so excited for you to watch it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This is three hours of footage of how the Holy Spirit began to move in the room and how these children, these young youth, these kiddos, just opened themselves up to the movement of God, to the love of God. And then at the end, I want you to watch the whole thing. It's, I'm going to break it into three episodes um, because I know it's hard for us to sit for three hours. But I'm going to break it into three one-hour episodes of me preaching and teaching and then of me ministering and what happens to these students. But then the testimonies that these students give at the end of what they had experienced and how God was healing them, not through the things that I talked about, but through the releasing of the Holy Spirit and as they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so don't miss those episodes and hang with them, y'all, all the way through the end. You're going to get to hear the sound of angelic tongues being released in the room. Absolutely amazing. Still brings tears to my eyes when I think about it. Like we were all like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so I want you to see it all the way through. I want you to see what does this look like? What does this baptism of the Holy Spirit look like? And to this day, those students are still talking about the impact and the experience that they had. And they've been in church their whole life and they've heard about it. They've heard it talked. But for them, many of them, this was the first time they ever experienced this tangible presence of a love that is supernatural. 
And people, these kids were healed of depression. These healed, the kids were healed of, of um, rejection, all kinds of things. Anyways, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So make sure you like this episode. Make sure you share this. If this is your first time here, click subscribe. All kinds of fun things. Leave me comments. Share this because we want everybody to recognize that we are all worthy of a supernatural love and that we are called into the ministry of a supernatural love. All right, you guys, remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.